You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Anyone want to take a shot at figuring out this Sacramento Kings team and explaining it to the rest of us? If you're able to do that, you're a better host for this podcast than I am. For years, a decade, the Sacramento Kings have had the same trend. They play to the level of their competition, which means when they play lesser teams, they typically play bad and quite often lose. But when they play better teams, even if they still lose more often than not, the games are entertaining, they're close, they come down to the wire, but every once in a while you get little gems like last night when the Sacramento Kings on the second night of a back-to-back after getting embarrassed by the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. Very next night, they go to Staples Center, First NBA game played in that arena since Kobe's passing, by the way. And they defeat the Los Angeles Clippers 124-103. to We'll talk about it, plus the injury updates to Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked on Kings, your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season, all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for over the last five years. This is my sixth season covering the Sacramento Kings, both as a radio host and a multimedia journalist and reporter, but I've also been a longtime diehard Kings fan growing up here in the greater Sacramento area. I've called the Kings my team, my franchise, since I was six years old, so I've been in the trenches with you really from the very beginning of this long playoff drought. And it's games like last night, it's wins like last night that we have to take extra effort in enjoying and appreciating in the moment because of how long it's been since the Kings have been successful. And especially in a season like this where the Kings have not lived up to expectations. They've been flat out disappointing and frustrating uh, for the better part of this season when they're able to rattle off wins like this last night to the Clippers or over the Boston Celtics at home or the Nemanja Bielic leads their buzzer beater win over the Rockets in Houston. We have to be sure to remember and appreciate those moments for what they are and allow them to encourage us and motivate us and fulfill us as fans uh, in order to get through uh, the rough months and the rough years that we've been through as uh, followers and supporters of this Sacramento Kings organization. But the Kings beat the Clippers 124 to 103 last night. They knocked down a franchise record 21 threes and hey, it's crazy what happens and how successful uh, you can be as a team and how easy it is to win when you're knocking down your shots. Now to expect the Kings to make 20 plus three pointers on a nightly basis uh, is that's pretty absurd and that's pretty out there. And the Kings ended up shooting 51% from beyond the arc, 21 of 41, which is actually 1% better than their field goal percentage, which is at dead 50. They went 44 of 88 on the night. And the Kings, Luke Walton, they have the target number of shooting 35 threes a night. So they have the opportunity 
to hit a lot of three-pointers on a nightly basis. They're typically in the low teens on average this season. To break 20 uh, is not something we should expect, uh, but something that can happen more often for this team when they are all hitting and all um, enjoying the floodgate-type shooting performance that we saw last night. It wasn't just the typical guys. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 4 or 5 from three-point range, to be expected, but he healed 5 of 11 from three-point range. But how about Corey Joseph? four of nine from deep. How about De'Aaron Fox, three of four from deep. Nemanja Bjelica, we know he can stru- uh, space the floor. How about two of four from him? It was a team effort. Kent Bazemore, two of three from three-point range. Everybody was uh, was catching the bug of outside shooting. They were not afraid to put it up. And thankfully for the Kings, for the first time this season, it felt like no matter what was going up, it was going in. So it's exciting and it's refreshing for the Kings to finally be on the right side of one of those three-point barrages this season as they have been on the wrong side a handful of times. The most recent one uh, when the Minnesota Timberwolves, even though the Kings came back and beat the Timberwolves, remember, throughout that game, the Timberwolves weren't missing from three-point range and the Kings seemingly from outside couldn't buy a bucket. So them being on the right side of it, it feels a whole heck of a lot better. De'Aaron Fox, what can I say about him? I tweeted it out last night. You can follow me and interact with me on Twitter at any time, at MattGeorgeKHDK. De'Aaron Fox has had a few games this season where he's reminded us why the Kings thought so highly of him and why the Kings believe that he can be a future superstar and the future leader of a championship team or hopefully multiple championship teams here in Sacramento. But he has not proved that more in his career than he did last night against the Los Angeles Clippers. Phenomenal performance all around from De'Aaron Fox. The aggressive mindset, nobody could stop him, including one of the most aggressive and pesky on-ball defenders in the league, which is Patrick Beverly, known for frustrating guards and just not allowing them to be comfortable. De'Aaron Fox was completely comfortable in this game last night. In 35 minutes, he scored 34 points, also finished with 8 assists, Four steals, two block shots. He got to the free throw line five times, only hit three of them, but went three of four from three-point range. Also finished with three rebounds. He was all over the stat sheet, making a difference in every major statistical category, and the Kings followed their leader, De'Aaron Fox, to victory last night inside the Staples Center. I also want to take some time here to talk about something that has been encouraging me over the last few games. This is the second straight game that we have seen Bogdan Bogdanovich really look comfortable as the starting two guard uh, for the Kings. And he uh, appeared in his first few starts to not really know what his major role was on offense and where he was supposed to be and how to play off of De'Aaron Fox. And you could tell he had to learn that or relearn that a little bit. And over these last two games, he's certainly establishing himself in 25 minutes, went five of six from the field. Like I mentioned, four or five from three-point range, uh, finished with 15 points, six rebounds, uh, and three assists. He provides the Kings and that lineup with another primary ball handler option, which can be useful at times, and seemingly the Kings are starting to figure out how to make him more and more useful and more and more comfortable here with these last two games. So that's great to see, and the guy he's replaced, Buddy Heald, has continued to play very well off of the bench, the exception of the OKC Thunder game. That was really the only game so far since moving to the bench where Buddy hasn't been active and effective, and last night in 26 minutes, Buddy put up 19 points on 7 
of 14 shooting. And because the Kings played the Los Angeles Clippers last night, it's fitting that I can make this comparison or ideal comparison for the Kings, which is Buddy Heald being that Lou Williams type volume microwave scorer off of the bench. He's certainly capable of doing that. And like we've seen in his uh, his first season with the Kings under head coach Dave Yeager, it's clear that he is able to come into the game and allow the game to come to him a little bit easier uh, when he is entering off of the bench uh, rather than from the starting spot. Now, he will argue that he deserves to be a starter, uh, and I would expect him to have that mindset, and I would expect him to want to be a starter regardless of where he is playing. Uh, but the reality is that even if he's not starting the game, if he keeps shooting the way he's been shooting, putting up the numbers that he's been putting up, and being that effective volume scorer off the bench, like Lou Williams or like Manu Ginobili for many years uh, with the San Antonio Spurs, it won't matter that he's not starting because he'll be on the floor finishing games and he'll be an important piece of a winning product, and that should be his primary motivation. Another beautiful sight to see in this box score, and there are a lot of Kings team stats that looked fantastic, but what jumped out to me, because I'm paying attention to it every single night, was the Kings fast break advantage. 24 fast break points, 9 of 13 uh, in fast break opportunities. Compared to the Clippers, seven fast break points, but the Clippers got 12 fast break opportunities. Kings defense was doing a good job getting back, contesting shots. The Clippers only converted on three of their 12 fast break opportunities. So fantastic fast break offense for the Kings and excellent full court fast break defense uh, for Sacramento as well. And I want to make sure I do some excuse killing here. Kawhi Leonard did not play in this game with lower back tightness and Paul George only played 19 minutes and 20 seconds. But to me, that doesn't matter because this Clippers squad consisting of the same core of Landry Shamit, Lou Williams, and Montrez Harrell absolutely demolished the Sacramento Kings in every single meeting between these two teams last season. So even without Kawhi and even without PG-13, the Clippers should have won this game and should have defeated the Kings. But because of the energy, the hustle uh, and effort that the Kings put in, of course, their high volume of made three-pointers, they were able to go down to LA and earn a statement victory, a much-needed confidence-boosting victory. And now they look forward to hosting the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday night inside the Golden One Center. Today's Locked on Kings podcast is sponsored by MyBookie. If you're the type of fan that knows football or basketball so well that you can choose any game and call it, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all of your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off of the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you're tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain, mybookie wants to get your mind off of everything else and back into the action. If you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand, you'll get an extra one grand in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. 
The last time the Sacramento Kings and Los Angeles Lakers met was earlier on this season inside the Staples Center in L.A., and it was a controversial finish. Game came down to the wire. A non-foul call against Anthony Davis resulted in the Lakers getting the victory, so the Kings are hoping for a little bit of revenge uh, when they take on the Lakers again. Second meeting between these two teams this season. First one inside the Golden 1 Center, and it's expected to be an emotional night as I'm sure there are going to be a lot of there always are a lot of Laker fans in attendance, but I'm sure there are going to be a boatload uh, of Kobe jerseys inside the Golden 1 Center. And I know I'm different with this mindset. I love when the Kings and the Lakers play in Sacramento. And I love the fact that there are a large contingency of Los Angeles Lakers fans that are in attendance, the same way that, uh, even if you want to call them bandwagon fans, same way that I love the amount of Golden State Warriors fans that would come into uh, the Golden One Center over the last few seasons with how good the Warriors have been, because it created a fun, energetic, almost college basketball-like atmosphere uh, that I, just as a basketball fan, as a fan of crowds, I enjoy it. Now, I know it's your home building and you don't want to see more yellow than purple or you don't want to see more uh, Golden State Warriors jerseys and LA Lakers jerseys than you do Sacramento Kings jerseys inside the G1C. And I will always uh, agree with that. But the atmosphere that you get from these games, I always look forward to, which is why I cannot wait uh, for Saturday. I'm sure it's also going to be emotional. I think the Kings have a another special package honoring uh, the, the life of Kobe and one of the best rivalries in all of basketball, even though it's died off uh, over the last decade or so. The Kings and Lakers rivalry had the entire world watching, and of course Kobe Bryant was right at the center of that. So I'm really looking forward to Saturday, really looking forward to that game, and what should we expect from that game? That's a very difficult question to ask and a very difficult question to answer. I expect it to be emotional, I expect it to be a great atmosphere, and I almost expect the Kings trend to continue where they play up or down to the level of their competition. And obviously the Los Angeles Lakers are the best team in the West right now. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, that entire squad, uh, even though they're dealing with the the emotions uh, of the uh, the Kobe Bryant tragedy, uh, they still have high expectations for this season. They're expecting it to be a championship season. And in a way, how fitting would it be for the Lakers to win a championship and honor Kobe uh, in that way? It would be the first championship that they have won since Kobe uh, was a Laker. So I'm not necessarily rooting for that. Definitely not. I, I can't stand the Lakers, and I grew up with that mindset, and I'll never be able to uh, change that mindset. But it would be pretty cool. We all have to admit it. Regardless, the Lakers are a good team, and the Kings typically play hard against good teams, especially when that good team is arguably your number one rival. So I'm expecting this game to be close. I'm expecting it to be entertaining. I'm not going to come out here and predict a win by any means, uh, but I'm hoping that it is another one that goes down to the wire that has drama. And if the Kings can get a victory, even if it's another Bogdan Bogdanovich ridiculous buzzer beater like he hit over the Lakers last year, hey, I'm all for it. And I hope we can get that on Saturday night. Unfortunately, though, the Kings, once again, will be without Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley in that game as we got more news and more information 
a press release and an update from the Sacramento Kings yesterday afternoon with injury updates on both Holmes and Bagley. And it's the Bagley one that is the worst news, but we'll start with Holmes, which is encouraging, I suppose. Uh, He is expected to be able to return to action, hopefully next week. So here to look at some of the opponents that the Kings are playing next week. They host the T-Wolves on Monday, and then they host the Heat on Friday and host the Spurs on Saturday. Only three games next week, all of them home games. So I would expect Rashawn Holmes will be back for one of the two games between the Heat and the Spurs on Friday and Saturday. It's very unlikely that he plays in back-to-backs unless he is feeling up for it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him either return for the Heat game and then sit the Spurs game or just sit T-Wolves, sit Heat, and then return uh, for the Spurs game at the end of the week on Saturday, a week from tomorrow. But Rashawn Holmes coming back is going to be very, very good for this team, uh, and I hope, along with the Kings and their training staff, that he will be available to play uh, here in a few games. As for Marvin Bagley, the news is not great, ladies and gentlemen. According to the Sacramento Kings, Marvin Bagley revisited a foot specialist, and it has been determined that he re-aggravated his uh, his sprain in his left foot, so he will be re-evaluated. Not playing, he will be re-evaluated in three weeks, meaning we will not see Marvin Bagley play until after the All-Star break. This young man has dealt with such bad luck when it comes to injuries, and he just cannot seem to get on the court, and I am not going to blame any fan for being discouraged and concerned about Marvin Bagley being able to stay healthy throughout his career. The Kings picked him with a number two overall pick. Someone taking that high, you're expecting to be a cornerstone of your franchise for many years to come. And not only is that in doubt right now, the young man just can't stay healthy and can't even get on the court for longer than a stretch of three, four, or five games. So, He needs to get healthy. He needs to take all the time that he can to get as close to 100% as he can for his return because when he does return, he needs to finish out the season. This young man needs court time more than anything else. Even if he is dominated every night that he plays, the only way he's going to learn and the only way he's going to improve is actually being on the floor. And technically, even though this is his sophomore season, his second season in the NBA, You can almost still consider him a rookie based off the fact that he has not yet played 70 career games. Of course, a regular season is 82. So until he plays 82 career games, he still is essentially a rookie, and he needs to get over that as quickly as possible. How awful would it be if Marvin Bagley were to start his third season in the NBA and still have not played a full season 82 career games? That needs to be his target and his goal above anything else for the remainder of this season. But this has me scratching my head and this has me just overall confused. I'm not a trainer. I'm not, I don't have any medical background whatsoever. But Marvin Bagley's been in a boot for the last week and a half, two weeks. He had his fantastic game against the Miami Heat and then has missed the last, I think it's, is it four or five games since? with quote-unquote soreness. Well, if you're sore for that long, not participating in practice, and in a walking boot, I think it's a little more than soreness. So why did it take until now 
for him to see a specialist? And why did it take until now for us to find out that he's not going to be playing for another three plus weeks? It doesn't make much sense, especially after Vlade Divac, Kings general manager, did an interview with Marcus Bretone of the Sacramento Bee, and he said in that interview just days before this information came out that Marvin Bagley was fine, it was just soreness, and he was going to be playing. No matter how you look at it or what excuse you make, Vlade and the Kings look bad here because either Vlade and the Kings were completely misinformed about this injury, which suggests that the training staff and the Kings as a whole have no idea what they're doing and are in over their heads, or it suggests that the Kings were on damage control and were hoping that they would be able to hide the severity of this injury and get him back sooner rather than later, which should never feel like a good thing. Even if you're trying to protect your player, it should never feel like a good strategy to keep things hidden from the media and your fan base. Regardless of that situation, the Kings look bad here. Marvin Bagley once again looks bad here. And unfortunately, more important than looking bad is that the Kings are missing their young, hopefully future star for more games, which is only delaying his development. And the Kings, they just have to move on without him at this point. And if the Kings can find a way to be an effective team without Marvin Bagley, and he comes back in and they are struggling to implement him, then Marvin Bagley can find himself losing his spot and losing his opportunity here in Sacramento, which is bad for all parties. All I know is I'm hoping and praying for this young man to get healthy, to get right, uh, and be able to return and show everybody why he is the number two, or, or he was the number two overall pick, why the Kings viewed him as the perfect fit alongside De'Aaron Fox, why they believed uh, that he was going to be, when paired with Fox, at the center of a championship core for years to come. And I want to see him own up to the words that he said earlier this season in a post-game media session when he said, we haven't seen anything yet when it comes to him, his skill set, and his full potential. I need to see it, though. We need to start seeing it sooner rather than later, and unfortunately, we can't see it when he's in a walking boot uh, in street clothes sitting at the end of the bench. If you want to react to anything that we talked about on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast, please do so on Twitter, at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can uh, tweet me there or direct message me there. Or, uh, if you're not on social media, feel free to email me. A lot of people emailed me last night uh, after the game and also had answers uh, to my, if you were the general manager of the Kings question that I threw out a couple of days ago, or or on yesterday's podcast, rather. So go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't already. It's a little more doom and gloom, obviously, than this one is because it was coming off of the bad loss to the Thunder. Uh, But if you want to understand the the GM question that I threw out, you can go back uh, and listen to yesterday's podcast and be sure to send me an answer to that as well on either of those two outlets I just listed. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I hope to see you at the Golden One Center for Kings and Lakers. I will be there top of section 105 uh, with the media as I am always there. Uh, So please come by and and call my name or if you recognize me, see me. Let me know you listen to Locked on Kings. I'll be happy to thank you for listening uh, and have some conversations with you uh, in person. So please do that and we will be back on Monday to recap this weekend's action and get you ready for Kings and T-Wolves inside the G1C. Until next time, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 